Adam's Archive. Hello, you beautiful people, and welcome to the Adam's Archive. My name is Austin Adams, and thank you so much for listening today. On today's episode, we are going deep into a recent topic that has come up as a result of the devastating fires in Lahai in Hawaii. Now, if you don't know anything about this, you've probably been sleeping under a rock for the last week, but that's okay. I'll catch you up to speed. Uh, so basically what's been going on is there's been horrific, horrific wildfires that have been spreading across a specific island in Hawaii, and not just any island, but one of the most affluent areas that there is. Now, as a result of this, you know, there was uh, a lot of conversations being had about a specific topic, but... The first conversation to have is it's terrible. It's horrific. All of these people are losing their livelihood. Uh, potentially hundreds, if not thousands of people have lost their lives. I've seen video after video of, of men, women, and children escaping from their cars and running into the water on the side of the road to escape from these horrific fires. So my heart goes out to all of them. My heart goes out to the islands. My heart goes out to the people of Hawaii. Uh, what a terrible tragedy that this is. But something has come up as a result of this that has directed the conversation into something that makes people believe that maybe this wasn't the organic fire that we're being sold that it was. A lot of people in Hawaii itself are coming out and saying that they, they don't believe that narrative. And we've seen this happen in California. We've seen this happen now in Canada with with smoke going all over the United States to where, you know, I, I woke up here and look outside on certain days and you can barely see the sun. It's 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 wild time to be alive. And so now another time in Hawaii. So one only has to wonder. How much of an anomaly is this? We, we, I cannot recall this many devastating wildfires at any given time. Now, what the mainstream narrative will tell us is that it's climate change, right? It's because you drive your vehicle to work every day and you fill it up with gas instead of our electric vehicles, which, you know, we create the batteries from, you know, coal and, and other fossil fuels. But um, I digress. That's what we're talking about today. What this led into a conversation about was now being called a conspiracy, which is the idea of directed energy weapons, which I will dive into you with you. I didn't believe, I didn't understand this. I didn't know this was a thing. There's very few conspiracies that we go into, conspiracies that we go into that I don't have a clue going into it. And I took a deep dive into this over the last 24 hours and have been really uh, learned a lot about how longstanding these military operations and government-funded science, uh, scientific experiments have been happening for, and I'm blown away. I, I had no idea that this was going on, so I'm going to take you through my findings. We're going to walk through what's happening in Hawaii, uh, and we're going to read it from the accounts of some, some people that were there, some accounts of people who have broken this stuff down, but the longer you stick around, the deeper we get. All right. As always, leave a five-star review. Hit that subscribe button if you're here with me for the first time. I appreciate you. If you're here with me for the second time or however many times after that, <laughs> go ahead and leave a five-star review. Um, it's literally the only way that you can give back to what I'm doing here today at this time. And that's all I want from you is if, you know, I'm putting a lot of work into this. If you can 
show that you appreciate that by just going in there, leaving a five-star review. I hope that you enjoyed our Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars deep dive that we did last week that we tied up with a bow. Uh, if you go to my Instagram, the Austin J. Adams, and you go to the most recent video on there about Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, you can actually comment Silent Weapons onto that, and I will automatically send you the documents and both of the deep dives. All right. Before we get into all of that, I am going to dive into or, or just jump into a, a video that has gone viral across the entire United States because so many people are hungry, hungry to hear the, the narrative of the people and not the narrative of the propaganda we're being sold. So stick around for that. But first, let's jump into it. <laughs> The Adams Archive. All right. The very first thing that we're going to jump into today is going to be a musician by the name of Oliver Anthony. And if you have not heard this song yet, you have been living under a rock. All right. In the last six days from this video being posted from a no-name artist, Oliver Anthony is now a one of the biggest country stars that there is. Okay. Six days, 10 million views wild to see how something in, in a time where, you know, we hear about the the Renaissance time and, and, and the, you know, cultural movements of art and how art truly speaks to the times that people were living in and, and what, what the soul needs to be quenched when it's thirsty during those time periods. And I think that this song is one of those times. I think that the, the American people are so thirsty, so, so fed up with the mainstream narratives, with the mainstream news corporations, with the with the mainstream politicians. They're so fed up with it that it was just absolutely perfect timing for a song like this to come out. So I'm going to start your day off right. Let's go ahead and listen to the song that's been stuck in my head for five straight days. Joe Rogan posted this song about 36 hours ago, and I'm actually the number one comment on that post giving a quote from this song that I love. It has over 12,000 likes, just my comment on this Joe Rogan post. But um, uh, there's some really amazing parts to this. So I'll, I'll give you a few of my favorite parts, but let's go ahead and, and listen to this because Oliver Anthony just crushes this. And I'll set the scene for you. I'll actually go ahead and, and show this on my screen for you as well. Uh, what I'm going to pull up for you is actually the music video that he did in a just a... a surrounded by trees in the woods, a deer stand in the background, three dogs at his feet, and what <laughs> this like awesome looking guitar in his hands. Um, so here we go. This is Oliver Anthony, Richmond, north of Richmond. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away It's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh it is Living in the new world 
speak to your soul son you have not been paying attention god that's amazing all right so oliver anthony as i just said has had some incredible incredible songs come out but none other than that one right there that has just spread like wildfire across the entire psyche of the american public and there's a few lines in there. Now, you know, I'll give you some some context here. The rich men north of Richmond are the politicians, right? That's Washington, D.C. Some of the other parts that I found to be, you know, the comment that I made that was the number one comment on Joe Rogan's Instagram of this post was that I wish politicians would look out for minors, not just minors on an island somewhere, calling out a number of politicians who were seen on Epstein's Island's flight logs, including our very own president, Bill Clinton. I believe it was some 17 times Bill Clinton was on the flight logs. And 21 times, or 21 times he was on the flight logs, 17 times that he was logged into the White House, Epstein was, while Bill Clinton was 
in office, right? And, and, and so he talks about inflation, right? Your dollar ain't shit. It's taxed to no end, right? We talked about that in our last episode, the salesman that comes up to you and tries to sell you this idea of the government, and it just doesn't make sense today. Right? With all these frustrations that we have and all, all, of the, all of the totalitarian control that he's referencing, they, they, just, they would just want total control. right? And he perfectly articulates this in the song and captures the, the essence of the American frustration in, in, in three minutes and 10 seconds. Perfectly. And as a result, this man now gets his due. He will be one of, go down as, as one of the most famous country artists ever i believe with a you know the 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 songs that he's singing right now just resonating across state lines county lines right and and there was some you know i posted that on on joe rogan's video of this and and some people were arguing about whether it was minors with m i n o r s or m i n e r s right i wish politicians would look out for minors not just minors on an island somewhere and what I believe that he was referencing, and, and you know, we won't know for a little bit until the actual lyrics of this come out, but and what a lot of people seem to think is that he, he's talking about M-I-N-E-R-S. I wish politicians would look out for minors. I wish politicians would look out for the, the blue-collar workers, the people doing overtime hours, just trying to make ends meet. And, and again, I think this just perfectly encapsulates what we've been missing in the public and, and speaks to the frustration, speaks to the the angst of the American people and, and the, 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 the the wanting to rid ourselves of the grossness that is the the hands of the politicians on everything that we do. Right. So I just wanted to play that for you. Start this thing off right. We'll move into the next topic right now. But I hope you enjoyed that song. I hope you go follow Oliver Anthony uh, on YouTube, on Instagram, anywhere that you can find them. Um, go, go look it out, uh, go, go listen to him, go follow him. Pretty incredible stuff. All right, let's move on to our very first topic of the day, but man, that song just hits home. All right, uh, here we go. So this is the video of a news anchor who is showing the Maui wildfires, which is now the deadliest wildfire in American history. Let's watch this video. Maui, where we have just learned that this is now the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. And just behind us, this is the remnants of a house burned in another blaze as the entire island is battling ideal conditions right now for wildfires. What we know about this tragedy is already unbearable. Nearly 100 dead, more than 2,000 homes and buildings destroyed. But we are still so far from understanding the full toll and we'll explain why tonight. This is the overhead view of the sweeping devastation in Lahaina. We now know that only 3%, 3% of those homes have been checked for bodies. Just next to where we're broadcasting tonight, we have two cars incinerated by the wildfires. That right there was a Tesla. You can see what's left of the front row seats in the distance. That was a lush green hill now scorched to its core. It shows the power of these wildfires. The governor has been warning that the death toll will go up and there are still so many residents who escaped the flames but are now searching for their loved ones and tonight angry at officials and a warning system they say failed them. MG, wrong turn! Wrong turn! 
Tonight, this is what it looked and felt like escaping the Lahaina wildfire. Oh no, oh no guys, no, we have to leave. This new video showing the sheer panic as a family stuck in a line of cars had minutes to escape before the flames engulfed the road out. This is a disaster. That drive through hell is how Rafa Ochoa and his family made it out alive. I knew it was bad. And it was moving fast? And it was moving fast, really fast. It got, it got to our homes within seconds. With the fast-moving fire closing in on his home, Ochoa heroically grabbed both his kids and his friend's children. Their parents were at work and scrambled everyone out. Did you hear any alarms? Did you get any kind of warning? No alarms, no warning, nothing. Now, no, that's no something sign, that will come up that, in a little bit we about the lack Not even of police rolling by telling us to evacuate or anything. Warning. The desperation of those chilling moments now turning to anger. Where were you guys to, to try and get us out? Evacuate us. No, we're mad. We're mad. You know, we didn't just lose our homes. We lost our town. We lost history, you know? Our kids are traumatized. You guys messed up real bad. Hawaii emergency officials have said sirens on the island weren't activated during the fire. Though wow. other alerts by Crazy. phone and broadcast were. Having seen that storm, we have... We have doubts that much could have been done with a, a fiery, um, fast-moving fire like that. The scale of the devastating loss, now unprecedented in modern times. The deadliest wildfire in the U.S. in more than 100 years, claiming at least 93 lives. Just so you know, 3%, that's what's been searched with the dogs, 3%. When we pick up the remains and they fall apart, and so when you have 200 people running through the scene yesterday. I don't know how much more you want me to describe it. That's what you're stepping on. As FEMA and the governor survey the damage, search teams with cadaver dogs that just arrived to Maui yesterday, now scouring the ruins of historic Lahaina again today. Are you saying we're just at the beginning of this disaster? So for the first few days, we had done searches in the streets. Now the guy that you hear talking is the police chief. Now, let me see if I can get his title up here. But he's the police chief of Lahaina, of Hawaii, um, in Maui. Now, this man, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it is this man right here. There's some questions around this man because apparently, and let's, let's double check first from some of these articles that I have up here. But apparently, yep, that's the same guy. The guy running the show in Maui. Right now, during these wildfires, is the, the the police chief in Maui is the same guy who ran the show during the Vegas massacre. Something even crazier about this police chief is that he is a federal agent with a top secret clearance, according to LinkedIn. Hmm. Now, what would a man? With a top-secret clearance, a federal agent finding himself in the midst of two of the biggest crises in American history. One being the largest massacre, I believe, the largest mass shooting of any ever. And now the largest death toll, the deadliest wildfire of any in U.S. history. What are the odds of that? What are the odds of that? 
How many police chiefs are there out there? And how did he find himself moving from Vegas to now Maui as the police chief, the same guy who ran the show during the Vegas massacre? Interesting. So let's go ahead and let's look a little deeper into that because the police chief, the one answering all the calls, the one talking to all the news media, coordinating every single part of the narrative here, is the same exact guy, the same guy that did it during the Vegas shooting. And if there's a, you know, Occam's razor would tell us if I'm if I'm using that correctly, right? The least the, the most likely scenario is the likeliest, right? It's like the the one that involves the least moving parts. Sometimes that can be used in a different way. It's like what what is the likelihood that the same man, right? Well, the 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 most likely scenario here seems to be telling us that it's not a coincidence that this man was there in both instances. Because statistically speaking, that just it shouldn't be the case. Right? So let's go ahead and read more about this individual. So let's start back at the Vegas investigation. If you recall, what ended up happening with that is they spent years of investigations tearing the guy's history apart, this says, and spent millions of dollars, and they still had no idea what his motive was, why he was there with the guns, or that anyone anywhere was aware of it. Somebody else said the, that a reminder of the Vegas cover-up, a high-ranking Saudi aristocracy or aristocrat got drunk and drugged and started shooting from their hotel window into a crowd. The United States helps cover up, but asks for the punishment of the guy which the Saudis agree upon and do it. Hmm. So they point to the Wikipedia arg or Wikipedia pages of the Las Vegas shooting. And if you recall, let's go ahead and just read this real quick. A 64-year-old man from Nevada opened fire on the crowd attending the 91 Harvest Music Festival on the Vegas Strip. From the 30, 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel, he fired more than 1,000 bullets, killing 60 people and wounded at least 413. Wow. The ensuing panic brought the total number of injured to approximately 867. About an hour later, he was found dead in his room from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. How convenient. The incident is the deadliest mass shooting by a single gunman in American history. It focused attention on firearm laws in the U.S., particularly with regard to bump stocks. Ooh. Hmm. Says the 64-year-old former auditor and real estate businessman who had been living 80 miles of northeast, of, uh, northeast of Las Vegas in a retirement community in Mesquite, Nevada. Yeah, that sounds like who's going to shoot 400 people. Had a long-term girlfriend and had no known children. He was son of Benjamin Paddock, a bank robber who was on the FBI's most wanted list between 1979 and, or 1969 and 77. Paddock's only inter, uh, interactions with law enforcement were traffic citations. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So same guy who was the police chief during this time, right? Listen, well, the governor of Hawaii. Had oh, all right. Jumping ahead of ourselves. So let's go ahead and read a little bit about what people are saying about the Hawaii situation, because some people are pointing to what the mayor 
uh, in or I'm sorry, the governor is saying about the land already, right? They're saying that a lot of people seem to think that this is some type of land grab. So let's see what we have here. It says the governor of Hawaii already having ideas for the land. Lahaina moving forward. I'm already thinking about ways for the state to acquire that land so that we can put it into workforce housing, to put it back into families, or to make it open spaces in perpetuity as a memorial to people who were lost. We want this to be something that we remember uh, after the pain passed. Okay, I got to tell you guys, I am so frustrated with investors and realtors calling the families who lost their home offering to buy their land. How dare you do that to our community right now? Frustrated hearing since yesterday that multiple families that I know personally were reached out and offered money from investors and realtors. Shame on you. Shame on you. If you are a Maui realtor contributing to that, Karma's going to come and get you. Hmm. Here is another video. Had to say about the fires. Of the destruction of Lahaina, it does appear like a bomb and fire went off. It does appear like a bomb and fire went off. All of those buildings virtually are going to have to be rebuilt. It will be a new Lahaina in its own image, its own values. But it's going to be billions of dollars. We are so coordinated with state, county, and federal support that it took less than a quarter of a day, six hours, to get the approval from the president to bring those resources in. This was, of course, a shock to see a hurricane and its winds. I think that we're seeing this for the first time in many different parts of the world. I've been contacted by several governors across the country to share their experiences in a time where global warming is combined with strengthening. So let's just go over a few of the red flags. There it is. The very first time that anything like this has ever happened. Hmm. Very interesting. They want to acquire the land as quickly as possible and turn it into government-subsidized housing. And also there's been discussions around turning Lahaina into some sort of smart, connected city. Right? You recall some episodes that we did on the 15-minute cities where basically it's just completely under totalitarian control. He said, very coordinated, bomb and fire mm. went off. All right, there's the other one. A bomb and fire went off, according to the governor of Hawaii. Why would you use the word bomb in a wildfire? I, I, I wonder how many, how many other wildfires you could go find where the governor of the state mentions bombs. Hmm. All we will need to rebuild is billions of dollars in its own likeness and own image with its own values. What does that even mean? And it's so coordinated with state, county, and federal support that within less than six hours, six they got hours. approval from the president mm. to bring resources, hurricane-type winds that just happened to be the same time as the bomb-like fire. Governors calling to share their experience. So we start the press conference out with bombs and explosions, then set up how we're going to get some smart cities in Hawaii, and then we end it yep. with 2030 propaganda of global warming right yep exactly right so we see all of these things coming together and and we're going to get into eventually how people are thinking that this actually happened but i, I want to set the stage for you 
right? The governor is saying bomb like fires. He's saying the immediate resourcefulness of the federal state communities coming together to fund this operation to buy out this land. Now, this land wasn't just isn't just a piece of Hawaii. This land was originally a piece of land that is one of the most sought after pieces of land in Hawaii, in Maui. Um, the, these waterfront properties are worth uh, tremendous, like billions of dollars combined, and they would not sell the property to the government, no matter how many times they came to them right now, uh, without the consent of the owners. And so let's watch one more video, maybe a couple more on this, and then we'll move into the actual directed weapons. It looks like there's a fair amount of videos actually on this, but I don't want to go too, too deep into other people's stuff. We'll do our own deep dive here, but I do want to set the stage for you. Now there's a guy named Matt Kim who does a pretty good video on this that we'll go ahead and watch and then we'll go from there. Several wildfires have broken out on the island of Maui. What's going on in Maui? There is a lot to unpack, so try to keep up. Several wildfires have broken out on the island of Maui, creating mass devastation and destruction, most notably the town of Lahaina. This is not the people's fault, and our hearts go out to those affected. Why is Lahaina significant? It was once the capital of the Kingdom of Hawaii, prior to the forced U.S. annexation and the eventual move to Honolulu. Lahaina is filled with native property and business owners that have dug their heels in and have refused to sell their properties to conglomerates such as BlackRock, Vanguard, and Oprah. Unglobalized prime oceanfront property still owned and managed by the natives. So what caused this destruction? Short answer, no one knows. All government agencies, local and federal, have vehemently stated that it is unknown. However, there are two competing theories online. One, environmental, the perfect combination of a major hurricane 200 miles off the southern shore of Maui, combined with northern pressure to create massive dryness and winds. Or two, diabolical, something the conspiracy theorists call a DEW, direct energy weapon. And you will find that that's not just the conspiracy theories, that's articles from back from 1979 that we're going to read that talk about directed energy weapons. So not just the conspiracy theorists. These are articles from like the Washington Post in the 70s talking about the Soviet directed energy weapons. What? I had the same response, so I started Googling. The first article that pops up when you Google Maui DEW is from Newsweek. It starts like this. The devastating wildfires in Hawaii have brought a new conspiracy theory from climate change deniers who suggest that the destruction was orchestrated by the federal government's direct energy weapons. Ugh. Anytime a propaganda media article starts with conspiracy theory by climate change deniers, makes me want to believe it more. Mm -hmm. Next article, fact checked, false. Wait, what? I thought the facts were unknown. But how can we rule out trending theories as impossible already? Joe Biden just announced that the federal government will provide aid to those that lost their homes. That means homeowners who lost their houses and properties can now loan money from the federal government at a low interest rate. Your super valuable property that is skyrocketing in value, you can now get a new mortgage courtesy of Uncle Sam. There are also countless efforts by the people to send aid and support to devastated areas. 
This would be great, except local residents are now saying that they are having difficulty delivering such aid and only FEMA and Red Cross aid is being allowed in. Roadblocks everywhere. No one allowed in or out. Hmm. And Maui is an island surrounded by water next to one of the largest U.S. military bases. Local residents are saying that they received no advanced warning and that they only evacuated once they saw the thick black smoke at their doors. Now, that's an interesting concept that a lot of people are starting to talk about in some of these videos is that the, the, they said that uh, some of the residents in this area said that every single Saturday at the first of each month, they do their emergency warnings every Saturday without fail. And all of a the sudden, there's a huge wildfire, wildfire that is creeping up to their doorsteps and they don't they aren't notified at all until the smoke is seeping through their doors. And if you recall, there was a false, like, nuclear text message claiming that there was a nuclear bomb headed towards Hawaii at one point, where they falsely stated that from a military individual who pressed the wrong button. Now, all of a sudden, they don't know how to find the right button when there's a, a catastrophic fire coming and creeping up to the people's doors all around an entire island, killing tens and hundreds of people. Right, as they said in that article, there's only three percent of houses that have been searched so far, and there's 93 deaths. Let's do some math. Right, 93. Let's multiply that times three. That's uh, 279, 280. Multiply that by 10. That's 2,800 deaths potentially, based off of the three percent rate at 93 deaths. That's just the math. Right, maybe there's more people and maybe there's less people, but the, off of the 3% math that we can do right there, that's what, what we're probably looking at. Around 1,000 people, more than that, right, that are dead as a result of this. And some people are asking why. Even the people that are on the, the island are very, very skeptical of who and what caused this. And they, they don't seem to be convinced that it was a hurricane or a random fire, right? It's like less than 3% of fires are caused by non-man-made ways. And we're seeing this in every single wildfire instance. We're seeing that there's multiple locations being targeted at like a singular time that causes this massive, massive fire right around the time that there's extremely high winds, Right? You cannot tell me that that's a coincidence. You cannot. I don't believe you. All of these wildfires happening simultaneously in all these weird areas coming together perfectly at the right time when there's a massive amount of winds. I don't believe you. So a lot of people seem to be very skeptical as well, especially when you have back to back to back to back. We see California on fire. We see Canada on fire. Now Maui on fire, right? Completely unrelated circumstances. And all of them seem to have to do with climate change, according to, like he said, the most frustrating part about this, one of the most frustrating parts about this is that these fact checkers come out and say that, oh, it's absolutely can't be directed energy weapons. Fact check, False. Not true. You don't know. You have no idea. Why are we ruling out the idea? Nobody's saying, no, you know, it's, it almost shows the blame, right? It, it almost shows that, that they're so scared of this narrative when it could be Russia. It could be China. It could be any number of different countries that are targeting us with these weapons that they've been developing for over 50 years. 
but you want to immediately write it off, and that makes you look more guilty than anything. All right, um, here we go. Let's go ahead and watch this. Let's go ahead and read this article here. Let's exit out of that video. All right, there's another portion of this. And again, this comes from a video on Twitter from Paul's Corner 21. And it says, many are speculating that the fires could have been intentionally set to disenfranchise the natives who owned the historic oceanfront properties that were devastated in the blaze. Others believe the fires were started to level the area to make way for 15-minute cities promoted by the likes of the World Economic Forum. Hmm. Interesting. Even more people are curious why there are brick-and-mortar buildings burnt into rubble while surrounded by trees. That's kind of weird. So let's look at this video uh, mentioning some of the, the ideas around this. And didn't flood them, didn't give them, you know, crazy you know, other things, but it caused fires. It caused fires in not only on Maui, but it caused fires in the most precious parts of real estate in Maui. Lahaina Front Street is worth billions. The Hawaiians that have been holding out and the Kanaka have been holding out for years not wanting to sell their property in Lahaina due to these big million dollar companies. It is not a coincidence. I don't believe how in the most precious parts of Maui, Kula, Lahaina, and Kihei that the locals that are standing strong and do not want to give up Oprah Winfrey's fucking view up in Kula that the Hawaiians are holding out on that the fire was going to the whole the Hawaiians and the Kanaka that was holding right there on Front Street hmm interesting so specifically targeted areas that seem to be worth lots of money where people were digging their heels in right now when we get to what these directed energy weapons are and who is developing them one of the largest names is Lockheed Martin. And when you look into who's the largest shareholders of Lockheed Martin, the list goes like this. State Street, 14%. State Street, 14% of Lockheed Martin. Vanguard, 9%. And BlackRock, 7%. The very same companies that this man is claiming are going to and after these properties and have been trying to buy them out, he didn't name them by name, but he's talking about those companies going to buy them out and take over this property, right? Now, another conversation that comes up is around 15-minute cities. So the idea here is that Hawaii and the different islands of Hawaii have been used for test experiments, right? You want to go back into shock testing and economic uh, data mining and all of those things that we talked about in Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. These are perfect areas. Each of these islands is its own economic institution, which can be leveraged and utilized in ways that you cannot imagine for data mining, right? You can release viruses, you can release uh, uh, 
you know, you can make toilet paper scarce. You can do whatever that you want within these individual islands and use it as a way to leverage the data that you are you are getting because there's no other outside factors coming into these areas, right? And each one of them is their own control group. So that's why they're looking at Hawaii and Maui specifically being a big part of the 15-minute city rollouts, right? The one that the World Economic Forum has been bragging about for so long. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Oh, and to get you there, we just have to burn down your current city with directed energy weapons. Maybe. Here's a video. Maybe not. Not a video. <laughs> it's a picture of a video. It says, new mind-numbing conspiracy theory about, this is from Politics and Ed on Twitter, around 15-minute cities as Maui fires in Hawaii were supposedly set so they rebuild into 15-minute cities. Disgusting, it says. Hmm. Well, and you go back to what the governor was saying, and the governor was saying that, you know, it will be a new city. It will be a, It will have its own culture. It will have a new feel to it, right? Hmm. Let me go ahead and read this to you, this article that he's referencing. This is the, the federal agency concerned with weather modification activities are the Departments of Agriculture, Commerce, Defense, and Interior, plus the Environmental Protection Agency, the National uh, Aeronautics and Space Administration, and the National Science Foundation. The Department of State is also interested in the effects on other countries of weather modification efforts. Uh and some states also conduct weather modification programs. In 1977, the federal government will spend about $20 million compared to $3 million in 1963 for such activities as fog, cloud, and precipitation modification, ball and lightning suppression, uh, amelioration of severe storms and hurricanes and other related activities. Most of the information gathering and analysis asked for the study required by the S-1383 has already been performed recently by the federal government. During the past year, the Domestic Council, through the Environmental Resources Committee Subcommittee of Climate Change, has completed an extensive study of the role of the federal government in weather modification. Hmm. Maybe, I don't know, causing such type of hurricanes so that you can then spark these types of fires with that much wind? That's interesting.
Hmm. Yep. And we'll go into that in just a minute, right? It says that, uh, and yet others have put forward the theory that wildfires could have been started by environmentalist arsonists to justify climate change talking points already put out by the likes of the New York Times, which the New York Times claimed the Maui fires are already one of the deadliest wildfires in modern U.S. history. How did it happen in a state defined by its lush vegetation? The explanation is straightforward. As the planet heats up, no place is protected from disasters, says the New York Times. And yet, no fact checkers coming here to say, well, actually, nobody knows what happened here. Right? We don't know if this is from climate change. We have no reason to believe that, yet you're jumping to conclusions while calling other people conspiracy theorists. Hmm. Sounds like you're directing the narrative. And there's some there's some really horrific videos of people uh, trying to get out of these uh, uh, these fires. Right, the wildfires started Tuesday. Have starting Tuesday, have scorched over two thousand acres of land, including most of the town of Lahaina, a rich cultural and historical area of the Hawaiian island. Though the cause of the fires have yet to be officially determined, when the establishment makes a decision to quash conspiracy theories and questions before all the facts are in, there's reason to be suspicious. And now you might say, space lasers? Directed energy weapons? That sounds like something from Star Wars. And you might be correct, but also this is something that we as a culture, as a species, have been studying since the 60s and have been implementing since very close to that. So, Let's go ahead and figure out what are directed energy weapons. What are these space lasers that people are referring to that could have started this fire? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Let's jump into it. So to, to reference a few other things that <clears throat> mention this, this isn't the first time that this has come up. There's a Reuters article that says Russia uses new laser weapons in Ukraine. Zelensky mocks Wonder Weapon. Now, this was May 18th of 2022, and it says Russia dips into its secret laser arsenal. Russia on Wednesday said it was using a new generation of powerful lasers in Ukraine to burn up drones, deploying some of Moscow's secret weapons to counter a flood of Western arms. Russian President Vladimir Putin in 2018 unveiled an intercontinental ballistic missile underwater nuclear drones, a supersonic weapon, and a laser weapon. Little is known about the specifics of the new laser. Putin mentioned one called Persevet, Perisivet, I don't know, I don't speak Russian, named after a medieval Orthodox warrior monk, Alexander Perisivet, who perished in mortal combat. Yuri Borisov, the deputy prime minister in, in charge of military development, told a conference in Moscow that Perisivet was already being widely deployed and it could blind satellites up to 1,500 kilometers above Earth. He said there was already more powerful systems than Perzevet that could burn up drones and other equipment. Borsarov cited a test on Tuesday, which he said had burned up a drone five kilometers away within five seconds. Right, And, and I want you to notice that keyword, burned up. It is thermal. This action of this laser is just heating this up to the point where it burns it, right? That That is 
written by Reuters, right? We are not talking about conspiracy theories. We are talking about a technology that is here today, right now, that most of you are not aware of, that you should be horrified of. Because if this type of technology exists, imagine the implications of this when there's riots in the street for, I don't know, authoritarianism. Hmm. So just wanted to start this off with, this isn't all that crazy, right? And if you still don't believe me, let's go back in time to Nikolai Tesla. Nikolai Tesla had created what he had as a theory of technology, which he called a death ray. Let's go ahead and watch a short clip about it. An Israeli arms company known as Rafael Advanced Defense Systems reveals details of a laser defense system capable of shooting missiles from the sky with a pulse of energy. The futuristic military hardware is called Iron Beam. The concept of Iron Beam is that it's essentially a high energy laser that is designed to rapidly heat up the target that it's aimed at. We're talking about aircraft, drones, missiles. Anything that could launch an attack on a city could be literally destroyed in the sky by Iron Beam. This sounds very much like Tesla's death ray. This is exactly the kind of technology that Tesla was talking about in the 1920s and 30s of using these beam weapons to shoot down missiles and projectiles. The War Department sided with Einstein and Oppenheimer's atomic bomb, not with Tesla. But now what we're seeing is that Israel is developing this iron beam technology because they realized that atomic weapons were far too destructive. Is it possible that Tesla developed a time viewing or time travel technology and that he became aware of these developments? Tesla was once quoted as saying, the present is theirs, but the future for which I have really worked is mine. Did Tesla, in fact, see into the future? Might Iron Beam be proof that plans for the death ray not only existed, but also may have even been confiscated and carried out by the United States government? There are those who believe that Nikola Tesla was not only in contact with extraterrestrials, but was sent here to Earth by them to fulfill a mission and usher in a new age for mankind. One of the big questions is, who is Tesla? Is he, in a sense, an avatar, an enlightened being that comes to the Earth to help humans? No one really knows exactly what's going on, but I think all no. great artists, and Tesla <laughs> saw himself deep. as an artist, <laughs> feel that the instruments of a higher purpose, and Tesla certainly felt that he was working along those lines. There is an agenda for humanity. There is a plan. And in every generation, whatever power it is that's behind the plan sends to Earth certain specific souls who are by birth more inclined and able to be receptors to the higher knowledge. 
interesting. But that just starts the conversation, right? Now, there's a whole deep dive that we could do into Tesla, which is super interesting, and all of the technologies that he built and some of the things that they actually reference there, which I seem to be... That's pretty interesting, right? The idea that there's these enlightened uh, individuals who are these, you know, uh, satellite or uh, satellite uh, boxes or, you know, that take in the the technology ideas and and implement them in, in the world, right? What percentage of people, there's like a handful of people who have really changed the dynamic of the technology of our world as we know it today for literally everybody. And this could be one of those instances, only maybe it was put under wraps for quite a long time because I have articles here from the 60s. Okay, one of these articles, let's go to this one first, which is dated 20 May 1979. Death ray weapons bid to outflank salt arm efforts. This conversation about direct energy weapons is not new. Nikolai Tesla had this idea way back in the 30s. It was discussed as a death ray weapon in 1979 in the literal, what was it, the Washington Times? Try and see who uh, who actually published this article. Um, but no, here it is. This was the one I was thinking of. Um, there's, there's article after article after article, and this is a sanitized version. And I, I pulled all of these articles from the CIA that discuss these direct energy weapons. So you can go to CIA.gov, the reading room there and search direct energy weapons. I sifted through some of the articles there. This is what I found to be some of the most interesting. All right. So the very first page of this one right, released in 2013 about direct energy weapons from the CIA, released again, 2013, the very first page is denied, right, still under wraps, they still will not release some of this information, right, so it says, Soviet Union is developing a charged particle beam designed to destroy U.S. intercontinental and submarine uh, ballistic missile nuclear warheads. Development tests are being conducted at a facility at Soviet Central Asia. So all the way back in during the Cold War, they had these, these types of weapons that they were developing, right? This is nothing new, but yet they want to call you a conspiracy theorist for even discussing them, right? This article is named Soviets Push for Beam Weapon. Another article is named Death Ray Weapons Bid to Outflank Salt, Warm, or Salt Arms Efforts. Another one is a, a literal letters back and forth between Soviet uh, Soviet Union um, discussions that were being had within people that were recently declassified. Another one of these articles is Soviets are developing their own Star Wars system, right? But yet you're a conspiracy theory for even talking about directed energy weapons. And that one, that's the one I was referencing that was from the Washington Times. CIA, Soviets are developing their own Star Wars system. So let's go in chronological order here, starting with the one from 19, let's see, 1960, where was it? The one that was released in 2013. This is the very earliest one, a charged particle beam. 
uh, in projects, atomic part of, or sorry, this, some, some of this is like typewriters type stuff. So it's not fully copied over. Um, a charged particle beam weapon focuses and projects atomic particles at the speed of light, which could be directed from ground-based sites into spaces to intercept and neutralize re-entry vehicles. According to U.S. officials, both the USSR and the U.S. are investigating the concept of placing charged particle beams devices on spacecraft to intercept missile warheads in space. This method would avoid problems with propagating the beam through the Earth's atmosphere. Because of a controversy within the U.S. intelligence community, the details of Soviet-directed energy weapons have not been made available to the president or the National Security Council. Recent events have persuaded a number of U.S. analysts to... that directed energy weapons are nearing prototype testing in the Soviet Union. They include detection of large amounts of gaseous hydrogen with trace of tritium in the upper atmosphere. The United States Air Force Block 647 Defense Support System early warning satellite with scanning radiation detectors and infrared sensors have been used to determine that on seven occasions since November 1975, tests that may have been related to the development of a charged particle beam device have been carried out in a facility in Semipalatinsk, some Russian area. Ground testing of a small hydrogen fluoride high-energy laser and detection of preparations to launch the device on board of spacecraft. Some U.S. officials believe the test of the anti-satellite laser may be related to recent Soviet activities on a manned Salyut space station. Test of a new, far more powerful fusion-pulsed magnetohydrodynamic generator to provide power for a charged particle beam system at Asgur in Kazakhstan, near the Caspian Sea. The experiment took place late last year in an underground chamber in an area of natural salt Formations in the desert near Asgur. Interesting. And now there's even some uh, actual images that were on this, not copied over super well. Um, but it says debate scene on charged particle work. So even back in the 70s, this was being discussed, right? It talks about the energy levels required. It talks about uh, could be perfected. Project was abandoned at some point. Three or theoretical blocks to this in-house research. Just reading you some of the headlines here and some of the underlined parts. <clears throat> it says through open sources, they learned that the Soviets had long since solved some of the problems that they ran into. Interesting. Hmm. And they give some diagrams like this is this goes pretty deep into this for, you know, it's like eight, nine, ten pages long. Some of it redacted the first and the last pages. Um, but again, I'll include all of this in the Substack as well as uh, the Instagram posts on this for you. So that was the very first one. The next article pops up and says. Now, this one is 26 pages some of which are redacted. This was the National Intelligence Council in 1985. It was a letter from David Abshire, the ambassador to Mission NATO. It says, Dear David, following up on a recent conversation in London, I have checked into where Washington stood in the preparation of unclassified fact sheet on Soviet efforts in the STI field. <clears throat> You'll be glad to know that state uh, that state is putting... The finishing touches on such a paper, and I am told you should have it fairly soon. In the meantime, I thought it would be 
Uh, you'd be interested in two unclassified articles done by agency analysts. Although these papers do not have any official sta status, they contain much excellent information that should prove valuable for use on background information. I very much enjoyed your presentation and was glad that we had a few minutes to chat. I had to stop in Brussels sometime this fall and would look forward to seeing you at that time. And this goes into the Soviet-directed energy weapons. And it's 24 pages 24 pages about this, about these lasers. The key judgment says the Soviet Union is believed to have inter, uh, to be interested in the development of directed energy weapons for ballistic missile defense and anti-satellite applications. The Soviet Union has been engaged in research on the directed energy weapons technologies for as long as the United States. Soviet efforts are under the leadership of some of the finest scientific minds in the USSR. In directed energy technologies, the Soviets are in a, in a comparable or highly competitive position with respect to the United States. Uh, the Soviets are believed to have progressed beyond the stage of pure or basic laboratory research. Hostile Soviet reactions to the U.S. strategic defense initiatives in lobbying against the SDI by high-level Soviet scientists. Hmm. Now, just give you the outline. It says number two, uh, page two is about laser weapons, management resources, technology, advanced developments, particle beam weapons, which is a differentiation, microwave weapons, Soviet responses to the SDI and bibliography. So one of the things that we've discussed before about this is the Havana syndrome. Havana syndrome was something that people believed was being targeted by the Soviet Union onto certain politicians of these types of weapons from the microwave weapons that are potentially being discussed within this document on page 13. See if we can pull that up for you here. But this is this is nothing new. It's just the application that people are now waking up to how this can be leveraged. So multiple articles since the 70s have been talking about this. And there's one. So one, one question I have was like, okay, can yes, these are real. Can they be used to create fires? So I, I did a little bit of research on that. It's like, okay, of course, it makes sense that if all they're doing is heating something up and they're they're being utilized to uh, further thermal uses, and that's how they're d destroying these types of missiles and and everything at a very uh, very tactile or tactical and uh, very accurate way. Could they be used in, in the same way that we're talking about here, right? Could, could they be used to start fires? I couldn't find much on that because it just seems so obvious, but I did find this from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And it says, laser ignition device and its application to forestry, fire, and land management. It says, a laser ignition device for controlled burning of forest logging slash have been developed and successfully tested. The device, which uses a kilowatt-class carbon dioxide laser, operates at a distance from 50 to 1,500 meters. Right? We're not talking about these directed energy weapons, but this is an example of how this has been used in the past to create controlled burnings. Acquisition and focus control are achieved by the use of a laser rangefinder and acquisition telescope. Additional uses of the device include backburning, selective undergrowth removal, safe ignition of oil spills, a truck-mounted version will be operational by fall of 1987 and an airborne version by the summer of 1988. All right, so there's that. 
to further discuss that. Now let's get into what the actual conspiracy theory is here. It's the same thing happened to us in Paradise, California, November 8th of 2018, somebody said. Our homes were le- uh, leveled to ash, but most of the trees were still standing houses. Steel buildings turned to ash, cars, trucks flipped inside or er, flipped upside down, but still the gas tanks were still intact. We were hit back in Paradise, 11 8 of 2018 by directed energy weapons. Looks the same as Paradise did. Maui looks to be the same. Cars burned out. Even the glass windows, some of the cars in Maui, had large holes in the hood of the cars, and trucks looked like a direct energy attack to me. But trees next to the cars still had leaves on them. This, in my humble opinion, is another attack on their towns. Agenda 21, burn the people off the land and take everything away from them. The winds came up as soon as the fire started. Just like in paradise, in many mountain communities in Northern California, prove me I'm wrong. Learn what's happening. Our towns are under attack. None other than the New World Order taking everything away from us, burning our towns down. No early warning system in place. Tells me they wanted lots of casualties, deaths, just like in paradise. We had no warning at all. They aren't playing. They are dead serious. Hmm. Right? And it says... The first day of every month, somebody commented, they test the emergency sirens to make sure that they work. It's crazy that they didn't work in an actual emergency. And then somebody commented back from the CNN article that they said they didn't even try to activate the sirens. Hmm. So somebody says here that less than 1% 1% of Hawaii wildfires are natural. They had four burnings all at once. It says they still have no official cause of the fire. The fear of a land grab amongst the locals is real. Most of the homes and lots were not properly documented like most of Lahaina, which was part of its charm. But we fear that land will not go back to locals, but instead Lahaina will become Wakiki 2.0 and be developed like nowhere else on Maui. Every official from the mayor, governor, general, FEMA, Red Cross, etc., has said the same thing. It looks like a bomb went off. It looks like a war. I conclude this. The lack of warning and the incompetence is alarming, all on its own. But there is a bigger agenda here for Lahaina, Maui, Hawaii, and states everywhere. Hmm. Very interesting. We live in buildings made with and full of accelerants. Well, that's pretty true. Very interesting. Uh, Here we go on. It says, do direct energy weapons exist that can cause wildfires? Right? That's the question I've been asking myself. The question I've been asking myself through all of these wildfires is, can this be done in this way? Can it be a weapon? Do directed energy weapons exist that can cause wildfires? The answer is yes. Does the U.S. government have the ability to use these resources? The answer is yes. Does the government have reasons to cause such events to create the appropriate circumstances for their narratives and to justify their policy changes? They say, most certainly yes. Can we prove that this event was caused by the government? No, we cannot. We do not have the tools or the knowledge to prove this now. We need to wait till there's more information, a whistleblower, or some other thing. 
At the moment, all that we can do is ask questions. The media and the mainstream thinking will tell you that doing so is bad. But don't think there's anything wrong with that. We should always question authority. Right. And that's that's some of the most concerning parts about this is like this doesn't even this doesn't even have to be like if you want to let's let's make this a more let's make it a more palatable conversation. Maybe it is in the government. Maybe you look at Vanguard. Maybe you look at State Street. Maybe you look at BlackRock and maybe it's them. Right. Maybe the same people who were willing to release a virus into our country and to the world, killing hundreds of thousands of people. For profitability, by enforcing mandatory vaccination, would also be willing to, I don't know, kill a thousand people and start a few fires to take over an entire island. Maybe they would do that for profitability. Maybe we should just be asking ourselves that question, right? Is there is there one of these corporations that you trust enough to know that they would not do this thing? I don't think that I trust them enough to, to believe that there's no way possible that they would do this. This seems very feasible to me from what we've learned about these companies and corporations and, and even our own government over the last three, four years, right? It seems very plausible that this was a possibility either by our government or by these corporations, which is, you know, truly in the oligarchy that we live in, the same thing, right? Those corporations that I just mentioned own the politicians, so whatever they want to do, they'll do through funding. That's just the way that our pay-to-play government works. Hmm. All right, so let's get into the next conversation. Let's let's let's, let's listen in to the own words of our Secretary of Defense in 2020, where Mark Esper confirms that these weapons exist, confirmed that they will be weaponized to create fires just like this one. Here we go. Cyberspace Conference. Thank you to the Air Force Association for hosting an important event that brings together the world's finest aerospace leaders and professionals. First and foremost, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to the United States Air Force. For 73 years and counting, you have provided our nation with force in particular has maintained uncontested air superiority for decades with persistent intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance, and precision airstrikes anytime, anywhere. However, our near-peer rivals, China and Russia, seek to erode our long-standing dominance in air power through long-range fires, anti-axis aerial denial systems, and other asymmetric capabilities designed to counter our strengths. Meanwhile, in space, Moscow and Beijing have turned a once peaceful arena into a warfighting domain. They have weaponized space through killer satellites, directed energy weapons, and more in an effort to exploit our systems and chip away at our military advantage. Furthermore, our competitors and adversaries exploit cyberspace to undermine our security without confronting. If you didn't hear that, let me play it again for you where he says that these companies could weaponize long-range fires and killer satellites. Yet yeah, were conspiracy theories for bringing this up in a time where, I don't know, it appears that there was long-range fires. Seek to erode our long-standing dominance in air power through long-range fires, anti-axis aerial denial systems, and other asymmetric capabilities designed to counter our strengths. Meanwhile, in space... 
Moscow and Beijing have turned a once peaceful arena into a warfighting domain. They have weaponized space through killer satellites, directed energy weapons, and more in an effort to exploit our systems and chip away at our military advantage. So these things have been happening for quite some time, right? Directed energy weapons, these killer satellites, as he calls them. This, why do you think Trump implemented a space force? It wasn't for the, the comedic relief. It was because there is a real threat of countries and companies weaponizing satellites to create fires, to create uh, explosions, to accurately target infrastructure, to accurately target, I don't know, real estate on an island that they want to take over by force in order to implement totalitarian smart cities. Maybe it's that. Maybe. Right now, what when we look into the logistics of this and, and some of the, the things that might come up when we discuss the idea of those satellites is that in order for it to cause such a thermal uh, reaction as we would see to start these fires simultaneously would be that the problem would be the atmosphere, right? The amount of, of energy that it would require to overcome the atmosphere when going from a satellite into the area that it's going to, to, to cause this fire. But why not extremely high altitude aircraft, right? Maybe we can prove this through uh, the um, radar uh, where it shows the, the aircraft that was flying over, right? Something like that. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it, it, satellites seem unlikely. High altitude aircraft seems much more likely because then you don't have to deal with the atmosphere causing an interruption with the, the amount of energy that's being relayed. Uh, but here's... Now let's go into some other sources of this, talking about these directed energy weapons that allegedly, according to the fact checkers at Snopes, do not exist. of Defense spends about $1 billion annually developing directed energy weapons, such as high-energy lasers and high-powered microwaves. These weapons can disrupt or destroy their targets at the speed of light. For example, DoD has developed high-energy lasers that have successfully shot down drones, but speed isn't their only advantage. They're also less expensive for use than traditional weapons like guns and missiles. Despite those potential advantages, DoD has had trouble getting these technologies out of the lab and into service. The Army has developed a detailed transition plan to support moving these weapons into the next stages of development. We recommended that the Navy and the Air Force develop similar plans. That comes from the Government Accountability Organization, or office giving information on these very things that allegedly don't exist. Here's another video coming from Lockheed Martin.
Lockheed Martin produces systems that do everything from detect the threats to identify the threats, determine whether it's a threat to the aircraft, and then employs the appropriate weapon, in this case, a laser weapon system. What we're hearing from our customers is that they need a layered, multi-domain, defensive approach that can be integrated across platforms to neutralize these threats across all those domains. Imagine an aircraft equipped with a laser system with the capability to be able to neutralize a threat at the speed of a lightning strike, the precision of a surgical scalpel, with the magazine to deal with a swarm, and with the scalable effect to be able to address that threat, providing an effect all the way the one end from simply deterring it for a short period of time, all the way up to completely neutralizing and defeating that threat. to integrate our laser weapon system, Athena, into the classified C2 network and receive cues from the radar on the range in order to execute the full kill chain. I love how these people are just like, the Helios laser weapon system builds on 40 years of laser combat system. That, you know, maybe could cause the takeover of the planet for everybody that I know and love, and I'm really excited about it. And these lasers make things really hot and uh, it could kill everybody. So me and Stan at the office have been really working hard on this project for quite some time now. And we're really excited to roll it out. That's what's weird to me about all these things is like, what would it take from a societal humanistic perspective for people to just like throw up their hands and be like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't work at Lockheed Martin. Maybe I shouldn't work for the, you know, the, the, the literal military industrial complex. Maybe I could find a job in accounting somewhere else. Maybe I could create lasers for kids toys. You know, maybe there's a couple different applications for my intelligence other than, I don't know, causing the mass murder of my own species. I don't know. It just seems weird to me that all these people like, so I'm, you know, we've been, we've been working hard and we had a pizza party yesterday because we mounted a death beam razor on the top of our latest warship. And, you know, we've been working hard on this project and we're just so happy to see it finally cross the finish line. Can't wait to see what's next for our department. Maybe you should find something else to do with your time, Susan. Maybe there's more that you could give to this world than death and destruction, right? If that wasn't like the, the famous Oppenheimer quote, right? It's just, it's so crazy to see these people just getting on camera, like, just, I, we're so happy. Some engineering and radar excellence, that is a fundamental change for laser weapon systems, which here to date have been prototypes added to a ship. Helios will be integrated into the ship. So what's exciting about this technology is that it's scalable. It's lived in the laboratory for many years, but it's finally reached the power levels and the effectiveness to allow it to be used on the battlefield. As an example, today's laser weapon systems can be used to defeat rockets, artillery, mortars, and even small UAVs. 
And as that technology and capability scales, the effectiveness scales with it. We'll be to the point here shortly where we'll be able to defend aircraft against incoming missiles and even reach out over long distances and destroy ballistic missile threats. Laser weapon systems are earning their way onto the battlefield. Lockheed Martin advancements in the fundamental subsystems, be it beam control, high energy laser, beam direction, power and thermal, is bringing a system-to-system -system approach to our customers' most challenging problem. Lockheed Martin can bring that end-to-end -end capability into the theater for the life of our platforms and help defend the brave women and men who boldly go in harm's way to defend our freedoms. Let's at least pretend that, you know, let's stop pretending you're not Tony Stark profiting from death, right? The, so crazy. Like, that's a legitimate, right? They, and then there's another one here. There's a video called Space Lasers, right? And, and if you go watch the videos about how much, how many people made fun of Marjorie Taylor Greene for talking about space lasers, right? Like, are we all pretending like technology like this does not exist? Like it's been, it's been successful. They've successfully made it seem like these things don't are not real, right? And they did it by smear campaigning Marjorie Taylor Greene about Jewish space lasers, like these wild conspiracies. And, you know, and, and literally, I don't think she ever said Jewish space lasers, but that's what they claimed that she said, right? For mentioning directed energy weapons or satellites that can shoot lasers from them and disarm things, or maybe cause fires, or maybe kill people, or maybe disrupt a riot by, I don't know, liquefying the opposition. <laughs> Are we pretending these things don't exist? Because I'm, it seems fairly, fairly, you know, out there that they do. Like, there's so many of these videos, so many of these videos talking about this. And they all have cool music and lots of t cool tanks. Right? So we're starting to get a theme here. This is not something that they've been hiding from us. This is out there. This has been out there in articles for, since the 70s and the 60s, and really since the 20s when Nikolai Tesla said this existed to begin with. So directed energy weapons is nothing new. And the idea that these things could cause a fire in Hawaii is, is not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, it's very likely, if not 100% doable, that these lasers, these direct energy weapons could and would be leveraged in order to start a fire like this. Now, the next question you have to ask yourself is, are the people who have this technology, do they have something to gain by doing this? And the answer seems to be yes, profitability. They could take over this land. They could start these smart cities. They could do whatever they want to implement totalitarianism on this island as a precursor to what they want to do to take over the rest of the country and the world with these smart cities and authoritarian ways of life, right? So do they have the technology? The answer is yes. Do they have the, the reasons to do so? The answer seems to be yes. And if they were willing and able to release a virus, as I said earlier, killing thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, allegedly, in order to profit billions and trillions of dollars from that crisis that they caused, that they then were also so happened to be the saviors for as well, 
Why wouldn't they do that here? And a few thousand casualties is nothing to BlackRock and Vanguard to profit from this or to the United States government to take over this land. So the answer to me is like, why wouldn't they, right? Why wouldn't they release a virus to make the profitability of trillions of dollars by implementing totalitarian controls over the public until you get this vaccine? Why wouldn't they start massive fires on an island where people wouldn't sell them their land so they can implement totalitarian, authoritarian, smart cities? Especially in a city where they've talked about it being one of the first pilots for this program, right? Now, what, what do we do with that? I don't know. But the idea is that we need to pay attention, right? This exists no matter how many times they're going to gaslight you. No matter how many times they're going to gaslight you, directed energy weapons exist. These lasers that can cause fires, massive wildfires, exist. Weather manipulation technology exists. And there's companies who are set to profit billions, if not trillions of dollars off of this happening. So why wouldn't they? Hmm. Keep paying attention, guys, from Canada to California to Maui. We are seeing these things happen over and over and over again, right? And they're going to tell you they don't exist. Meanwhile, they have tons of articles and tons of videos that you can go and watch from these organizations. And you can literally go find the funding. Like, this is a thing. We've already know these things to be true. You can go find articles from back in the 60s, right? So... Go read these articles. Go learn about this technology. Go learn what it's capable of. And, that, and at least now you're aware that they truly do exist because I had no idea that this was a real thing. I had no idea that directed energy weapons could actually be used in this way. I didn't even know they were a real thing. I literally thought this was Star Wars, right? Like that's that's what it looks like when you go watch these videos and the way that these lasers can be used. But it seems very clear and very evident that they can be used to be weaponized to start massive wildfires. Now, did is this what happened? I don't know, but it seems quite likely. Could it have been the, the perfect storm, literally, of you know weather and random pop-ups of fires all simultaneously happening without them notifying the general public, while also it being only specifically targeting the areas that they want for profitability to take over to start these smart cities? Maybe, maybe it's all a coincidence. And maybe I've just did this for nothing other than to raise awareness about space lasers. <laughs> but this is very real, guys. And whether or not this is the case here, maybe it's not. But but if we learned anything from you know the last three years, it's if this wasn't the cause, we're, we're going to see this, conti this continue to play out. We're going to see this happen in other areas. The climate change conversation is going nowhere. The way that they want to build these environmentally friendly areas, these smart cities where you own nothing and you're happy about it is going nowhere. And so it's through these types of it's through these types of conversations and awareness that even if that was not the case today, it could be tomorrow. So just be aware that these things exist. All right. And on that note, that's what I have for you guys today. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.